0: It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. With the team at Security First Asset Management, if you're concerned about having the right financial plan, then this is the show for you. Your hosts are Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith. They're ready to listen to your questions, help you plan for the unexpected, and set you up to thrive in retirement. Here in middle Georgia, they're the team to turn to for financial guidance, so you can have more peace of mind. It's time for the show. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, Listen, plan, 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 plan,
1: thrive. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. I'm Mark Haywood with Bill Danner and Daniel Niesmith. This is the show for you if you have questions about how to retire with confidence and with the kind of plan that gets you to and all the way through retirement. After all, we want you to thrive in retirement. Bill and Daniel are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. They have offices in Macon and in Dublin. On today's show, we'll be answering your questions about finances and retirement planning. You can always submit your questions online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. All right. Your questions are on deck. It's time for Retirement Income Solutions. This question comes to us from April. April is in Macon, and April says, My husband and I plan to take care of one another as we get older, unless one of us is just in extremely bad health. Since this is our plan, how much long-term care coverage do we really need? April, that's a very important question. Uh, We often
2: I do have folks that ask us questions similar to this, but uh, in reality I, I think that we find that most people kind of postpone this conversation somewhat. They don't uh, understand or they feel like well, it's never going to happen to me. we're not going to need the care so therefore you know we're going to have a hope strategy in place, hope it never happens. and if it does happen then we'll deal with it then. So uh, we do uh, applaud you for writing in April and let's have a discussion. This is something that every couple should have a discussion about what is our plan Does it to take care of each other if something to really happened to us that's catastrophic or chronic in nature that would be debilitating and require the care of one or the other or even have care brought in so it's a very expensive uh, way of care uh, any of this type of care home health care extended care in a nursing home or assisted living care those things are all terribly expensive and most of us not covered by any type of insurance there's a short window of Time where Medicare would cover portions of it but uh, it's uh, something that's a financial burden that's going to have quite an impact on most people's lives if they don't at least uh, sit down have a conversation have a written plan in place and understand what they're gonna do to help each other I think most people would be like you April you you want to care for each other until you can't so your question is how much long-term care coverage do you need Well, that's a question that's hard to identify, but it's absolutely critical that you understand that you can insure against this catastrophic situation. There's ways that you can look at various different types of uh, insurance products that are available out there today. There's still long-term care insurance out there. The fear most people have with that is that if I don't use it, I'll lose it. If I never need it, then I've spent the money. But there's asset care that's available today which is based off of life insurance uh, where we can utilize living benefits for care. And if we don't have them, then we still have a life insurance policy we can pass on to our heirs. So there, there's other ways to plan for it, but it is something you need to have a conversation for and have a plan in place in case something like that were to happen to you. And most people don't like spending for something they may never need, but there's ways that you can position assets to help at least Eliminate some of the big blow that it could have financially to your assets. Uh, you need to consider the cost of that type of care long term and how it will impact uh, your lifestyle, even one or the other. If there's only one left, how, how does it impact the other after the other one passes on? So it's a good conversation to have. We welcome to have it with you. There are ways to do planning. And understand what options you do have to help protect yourself against this type of risk. We believe you should manage those risks like you do every other, and that requires planning.
1: Yes, thanks for writing in, April. I'll just say that uh, my grandparents have been married 67 years this year. And they are both in that situation right now where my grandmother has fairly advanced Alzheimer's. My grandfather has Parkinson's. As of now, they're still able to live together, but they are in one of those housing units that are attached to a long-term care facility, and they both know that eventually they'll need to move into the facility itself. And so for them, their plan was to have several conversations beforehand to protect themselves against this very scenario. And so now it's sad to watch them in this state, of course, especially knowing they've been married for so long. But we're comforted by the fact that my grandfather planned exceptionally well and he was a Baptist preacher, so it wasn't like he had millions of dollars coming in or anything, but he planned he very plan. well. He did. He did. He had a plan yeah. and the details yeah. in place to take care of them now.
2: There's so many programs out there today that you, you could avail yourself to to understand what your options are anymore. I mean, these continued care facilities like you're talking about. Um, there's at-home programs where you can stay at home have care at home and then progress to a care facility on campus. There's a lot of programs in middle Georgia available. People just aren't aware of them because it's one of those things where we just don't want to talk about but we need to. It's the uh, white elephant in the room that can really devastate our finances if we don't address them.
1: This question comes to us from Harry and Warner Robbins. Harry says, my daughter just turned 18 and I'd like to help her get off on the right foot with retirement savings. What's the best way to get her started? And congratulations, Harry,
3: while we're at it. Yeah, Harry, congratulations uh, on your daughter. You know, you're wanting to make sure that she's uh, getting off to the right start. She's probably getting ready to graduate high school, get ready for college. But my guess would be if you're proactive and planning for the future, she will be too, especially if you set that example for her, which you probably have. but. but. But I would certainly start about talking about a budget, you know. This will help you, too, when she's in college. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Make sure you have a a budget and help her understand what budgeting is. Most people, until their second or third year in college, don't get any financial literacy. They don't know what the difference between debit and credit is, you know. Having her understand how budgets work and living within her own means – Or at least the boundaries that you allow for her to have as far as her income goes. But I would also encourage her not to take on a lot of student loan debt, even if that means her working part time throughout college. I know that's not popular anymore, but. People are saddled with debt when they graduate with college, and it's, it's a national epidemic. And so encouraging her to take out as few student loans as possible would be good advice. And possibly starting an investment account with her or for her and helping her see how that works and seeing how money grows, understanding the concept of compounding interest. I know that made a big impact on me when I was growing up. My, my grandparents, they would always preach to me about how important it was to save money. You know, they would... Goodbye, CDs. <laughs> but I remember over time them showing me like how the money grows, and it, it was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But educating your daughter in those ways are probably some of the best ways to help her get started.
1: This question comes to us from Jimmy. Jimmy is in Kathleen. Thanks for writing in, Jimmy. He says, I've heard you talk about having an emergency fund, but I'm having trouble determining how much I should have in mind and where I should invest it. I'm also not exactly sure how to define an emergency so that I know when I can dip into it. What is your take?
2: Thanks, Jimmy. First and foremost, for writing into it. So let's just kind of break your question down. What is an emergency fund, defining it for you, an emergency fund and how it should be invested? I'll answer that in the same way. Well, to begin with, if it's, if it's an emergency fund, it should be invested somewhere where it's uh, protected, like in the bank type product and uh, liquid, so you can get your hands on it. What is it? Well, what kind of emergencies might you have? You might have to replace a roof. You may have a, a catastrophic health issue that you need to pay for. You may have to replace an motor or transmission something that isn't truly an emergency that you have to have a roof on your on your home and stop the leaks. you got to have something to drive. you got to take care of your health. So those are emergency issues. So those monies need to be set aside someplace so you can get a hold of them and probably the best place to do so is in a bank and a bank product whether it be a CD or a savings account where the money is, is FDIC insured protected, and protected and, and is earning a little bit of interest. So that's where you should start and how much you should have, we recommend that you have a minimum of three months worth of your income needs. We'd like to see six months. So for example, if you need $3,000 a month to live off of, then that would be anywhere between nine and $18,000 that you have set aside in an emergency fund and you don't use it unless you need it. So that's the key here, It's, it's not to be used for savings, it's not to be used to replace an automobile, Unless one thing, you know, something catastrophic happens and you need to place an engine or something like that. That's what it's designed to do. Do you have a question like what we've covered today on our show? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve the successful retirement that you'd like to have. If you want to ask a question about your particular situations, here's what we'll
3: do. We're offering a complimentary financial review to you. When you come in, we'll talk about your retirement income needs, Where that income is going to come from, how you'll outpace inflation, pay as little as possible in taxes, and make sure that you don't outlive your money. We'll make it all easy to understand. Take the first step right now, because for almost everybody, that's the hardest part. If you're ready to get your financial plan in place, give us a call right now all right this is your number to call to take advantage of that complimentary review
1: 800-987-1443 that's 800-987-1443 it all starts with a plan and bill and daniel can help you put together the plan that's best for your specific situation 800-987-1443 that's 800-987-1443
4: Getting the right retirement plan is important. Make sure that the person designing your plan abides by the three C's. Your plan should be comprehensive and that it leaves no stone unturned. Every angle of the retirement world should be considered, from estate planning to tax planning and risk versus safety. All of it is important to consider. Your plan should also be customized. Cookie cutter plans are a no-no. Your plan should be unique to your situation, and any true financial analysis will reflect that. Finally, an advisor should put a plan together for you that is complimentary, at no cost or obligation to you. It should be a fact-finding mission, not a sales pitch out of the gate. So remember the three C's, comprehensive, customized, and complimentary. If you're struggling to find that kind of plan, call Bill Danner, and Daniel Neesmith with the Security First Asset Management Team here in Middle Georgia. Dial 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443.
5: Time for a Middle Georgia fun fact. Did you know Dublin is known to have the tallest building in central Georgia? The Ficklin & Company building measure right at 211 feet. We know planning for a retirement can be a tall order, but we have you covered. This is Retirement Income Solutions.
1: Lisa writes into us now from Forsyth. Lisa says, "My divorce will be final in about a month. I've always paid the bills, but was never really involved with the long-term financial planning during our marriage. Where is a good place for me to start now that I'm on my own?" Well, Lisa, uh, thanks again for writing into
2: us. Uh, we appreciate uh, our listeners writing into us with these questions on uh, we enjoy uh, addressing them. The first advice I would give to you is don't do anything hastily. I know divorces are quite uh, dramatic, and uh, the consequences emotionally are great, and you shouldn't be making major decisions under duress, so a good place to start is to sit down and have a conversation with a financial advisor like ourselves so that we can help you identify uh, not only where you are, but help uh, identify and address your concerns and your goals and uh, help you get yourself on a good solid footing before you make any decisions that uh, might have lifetime consequences. So you should be educated on what your needs are and what the planning process is so that you can put a plan in place that will get you on sure footing so that you can move ahead with your life and feel the independence and and not have the worries that uh, could be associated with with the unknown. So we advocate a lifetime income planning, and uh, that's what we provide for those folks who come in and visit with us. So we'll help you understand and identify your goals and your challenges and, and help put a plan in place to help you navigate for the rest of your life so you're not alone.
1: Stephen writes into us now. Stephen is in Macon and Stephen says, I'll try to keep the details brief. Warning, guys, it's actually quite a long question. He says, I'll try to keep the details brief. Long story short, I'm the executor of my deceased mother's will, and my sister is currently living in mom's house. I don't want to kick her out, but I'm afraid that I'm going to need the money from the sale of the house to fund my retirement, which starts in three months. I have about $600,000 saved. But the house would bring another 200000 which would make a huge difference. How do I figure out if I'm okay with what I have or if it's worth kicking my sister out? Oh, that's a tough question. Family Stephen. dynamics, too, there. Yeah, Stephen,
2: uh, you know, I'm in the same boat, buddy. My mother passed away, uh, left a home there for nine children to split. And, uh, and we have a sister living there right now that, you know, obviously she can't afford to be somewhere else. And so she's... Uh, She's living in the home, and uh, I'm not banking on, on that money myself, but understand your question, uh, that's a toughie. You you, you really don't know uh, exactly how to, to approach that, I'm sure, that's probably the reason why you wrote in to us, but uh, I think the first step would be for Stephen, for you to kind of sit down and, and figure out exactly where you need the income to come from in retirement. If you're planning on the retiring, as you said, and you have $600,000 already sold, you don't necessarily, Save, excuse me. You don't necessarily have to have six hundred thousand dollars the first year you retire. So maybe you can work out a plan that on uh, your income flow that uh, will help you meet your needs now and uh, down the road. You know you'll have the other money from the sale of the home when your sister's able to put things together so that she too is comfortable. So maybe you're working a, an income plan now based off the assets you have, showing that income from that sale of that home coming in in the future will help put together a plan for you so you can see things not only as they are now, but how they will be once you have the other assets. But depending on what your income needs are now, uh, how many years you'll need to fund it, the 600,000 could fund for for quite a number of years. So it's part of the puzzle. Uh, it'd be like uh, if you didn't have that home there and you were expecting a, a sale of another asset sometime down the road to be part of the liquidity you need to create income i think what would be in your best interest is to kind of see how it looks like overall so you can see how what the needs are in the immediate future and plan for your income needs for the rest of your life prior to you retiring
1: all right our next question comes to us from andy andy is in dublin and andy says how much of my portfolio is it okay to have invested in just one stock i have about two
3: million dollars but almost half of it is invested in one company wow andy that's a, a great question and my personal thoughts on this is that having half of your money which would be a million dollars in this case in one stock is is way too much the reason for that is is simply because if you have all your money in one stock you don't have the diversification to reduce the amount of volatility or risk in your portfolio in general a general rule of thumb is five percent or less per stock and that way you spread the risk around even if you own a really high quality company a blue chip stock Having it all in just one doesn't give you the diversification you need to protect you, to protect your portfolio. So think about this: for many, many decades, uh, GE General Electric was thought of, you know, as a blue chip stock, but here recently, in the last, you know, several years, their stock prices just plummeted. And so just because you own a high quality stock and you just own one of them doesn't mean it will always be sustained like that. So having your your portfolio diversified, owning many different holdings, owning many different companies will help reduce that overall risk. And so it's important not only just to have it invested in good asset classes and good diversification, but having it as part of an overall plan. What will this money be used for? Will you use it for retirement? Are you going to just pass this money on? And what determines how much risk you have in your portfolio should be your time horizon? How much time do you have before you need to start spending some of the money? You want to create an overall plan that lays all this out before you can decide what to invest in. Part of what we do is something called a risk analysis. We'll do something called a stress test where we can take your individual holdings and tell you how much downside risk you have in your portfolio. How far down may it go in a recession? And that is a wake up call for many people. Right now we're 10 years into a very large bull market. So we forget how much it hurts to lose a lot of money, to see it go down on our statements. But the key driver should be when you need to spend it. We think it's important to understand how much risk you have and have it your holdings incorporated into an overall financial plan and an income plan.
2: We get questions like this all the time on retirement income solutions, and in our office almost every single day. Sometimes it's hard to know what to do without a helping hand and some outside guidance. That's why we're here as your financial coaches. So, let's do this. We'd like to offer you the opportunity to come in for a complete financial review, and we'll offer this service Free, if you have at least $100,000 saved for retirement. We'll cover the following. Social Security. At what age should you start taking that benefit, and how does it fit into your overall income picture? Risk. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio, and is that amount of risk appropriate for your age? Fees. How much are you paying in fees and commissions? Is it an appropriate amount? Taxes. We'll analyze the tax implication of your savings. Healthcare. Do you have plans to pay for health care or for a long-term care need in the future? Legacy. Do you plan to leave money to future generations? We'll talk about how to properly structure your plan to achieve those kinds of goals. And lastly, income. Do you have a plan to outpace inflation and to make sure you don't run out of money in your retirement? This just scratches the surface of all the things we're going to cover in your complimentary review.
1: If you're ready to get the ball rolling, call right now. We've got a spot reserved for you. Retirement planning doesn't have to be complicated. Clear up the confusion by calling our team right now. Just dial 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. You'll get that complimentary financial review that will make sure you can hit a home run in retirement. 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Call now and let us know that you'd like to take advantage of the complimentary review. Call 800 987 1443. Again, 800 987 1443.
0: Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who'll look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that'll protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. Get started today with your complimentary review at Security First Asset Management. 800-987-1443. No cost or obligation. 800-987-1443 at Security First Asset Management. Call now. 800-987-1443. 800-987-1443.
5: Visit our website for details on the services we provide, education videos, our great learning center and to find out about upcoming events. It's all on completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com.
1: You're listening to Retirement Income Solutions, Listen, Plan, and Thrive with the team from Security First Asset Management. I'm here with Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith, and we're taking your listener questions. We're glad you're with us as well. This next question comes to us from Chris. Chris is in Bonaire, and Chris says, I'm 66 years old, my wife is only 47, and we have a daughter that's eight. What kind of retirement planning challenges do I need to be thinking about with our unique family situation? Well, Chris, this is interesting
2: because recently I met with someone that had similar uh, scenario as yours. Instead of being 19 years difference in the husband and wife, it was something like 2021 as I recall. So, I think the first thing that you probably need to understand, Chris, somewhat is that uh, I think you understand you have a problem or potentially a problem. You didn't say when you were actually going to retire, but let's assume you're going to retire here at, t- at 66. You now, uh, instead of ordinarily planning for 20 to, to 25 years worth of uh, income needs and planning and retirement, you're looking at somewhere around uh, 43 years if you look at your wife and getting her up to age 85 to 90. So you're talking about a plan that's uh, substantially longer than the average. Uh, the average is 20 to 25. You're looking at looking forward at somewhere in, in the neighborhood of 40 plus years of trying to retire, have retirement income. We also don't know, uh, Chris, whether or not your wife is working and whether she'll have a pension or not, or whether she can share from your pension if you have a pension. Some of those questions need to be addressed uh, because that's future income. You have a daughter that's eight that you got to provide for for a number of years and then her education. So you've got challenges, not only of longevity, but you've got challenges to deal with providing an education, possibly for a child, and um, living on income for your wife long after you're gone. So it's a unique situation, but let me just assure you there are ways to understand that. We can walk you through the process of planning, and we can take into account the difference between your wife's age and your age, and also the needs of the daughter that you have through her growing up years and education years and on the rest of her life. So you basically need to take a look at it step by step and uncover everything that concerns you. Uh, you look ahead at some of the other risks maybe you haven't realized that can play into this. As far as your care being 19 years younger, more than likely she may have to care for you if you need extended care. And where is all those uh, funds coming from and the sources of income and, and what is that income gonna be? and. Uh, Uh, We can help you do that. We appreciate your call, and it's a concern that uh, you need to address.
1: Donna writes into us now. Donna is in Byron, and Donna says, I just got a prospectus for an investment that's been proposed to me. I can't imagine actually sitting and reading through it all, and I don't know that I'd understand much even if I did. You know how big those things are, guys. Am I hurting myself if I don't slog through the whole thing? It's like reading a dictionary, right? Well, yeah, it was written by an attorney in a locked room down in the basement. <laughs> right, right. Who hasn't a, seen the light for weeks?
2: You know, he won't see it for another five years, probably.
3: Yeah, yeah, they didn't <laughs> go to school for uh – You know, dramatic, in fact, of writing, that's for sure. But I'll tell you what, Donna, you have a very common question. It's an important question because you do want to understand what you're investing in. You do want to understand the fees, the expenses, the risk. All of those things are outlined in the prospectus. Now, I will say... If you feel that the prospectus is too long and too large, they do have something called a summary prospectus, which is a kind of an overall summary that wraps it up a little bit neater than reading the whole prospectus and all the legal terms. So some summary prospectus is normally going to be provided somewhere inside of the prospectus. You can skip to the summary prospectus. It kind of gives you the... Overviews of the fees and expenses and the risk and what they're going to be investing in, certain rules, how much turnover. Turnover means how often they will change investments inside of the mutual fund, if it's a mutual fund you're investing in. But a prospectus is also going to be provided to you for other other types of investments as well. Real estate funds will have that included business development companies closed in funds all of which are required to provide you with a prospectus so it is important to understand what you're investing in now your advisor hopefully or whoever sold you the product you're in would have already outlined most of those key points but for your own protection, understanding what you're investing in, look for what's called the summary prospectus to kind of summarize it for you. And maybe it won't put you to sleep immediately. Maybe you can get through can it. You can get through it? Not only, not only understanding what you're buying uh,
2: or what's being proposed to you, as you indicated here, uh, Donna, is important, but the why. Why are you being uh, proposed such an investment, and how does it work into your overall investment policy? And your overall investment needs and then how is it uh,
1: centered around a a future retirement planning need that you might have? Do you find that most people have a pretty good idea of what they're getting into just from that meeting with the advisor? Cause like Donna's kind of implying here, a lot of people don't read these. And I know, especially with the big box companies, you just kind of know that there's two or three investments that everybody invests in. And so you dive in, Are, are most people well informed as to what they're getting into?
3: Mm,
2: I wouldn't say they're well-informed. I, I think they may have understood maybe when it was presented to them, but it wasn't clear enough maybe to be able to recall it later. I'm not saying that advisors don't uh, do proper jobs of explaining things. I just think the material is so foreign for most people that they don't grasp it. And uh, that's why she's having a difficult time sitting down looking at that thing, So how in the world am I going to get through it? As Daniel indicated, a summary page is a good place to start, but that's also something the advisor probably should advise on as well, is, you know, here, here's the key points of it, and um, so that they have a clear understanding when they actually do invest in it, they may soon forget that or... Not understanding in the future that happens a lot.
3: Yeah, I'd compare it to like, you know, going to a doctor and they'll give you the diagnosis and the breakdown, all the technical medical terms for what you may have, and it all sounds good and you're nodding your head. Oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But then a month goes by and there's no way you're going to be able to recall some of the technical terms they used, what could have caused the condition. You know, those things easily slip out of our minds because it's not something we're familiar with. So you could have had something very well Explain to you, put into an overall plan, but it's easy to forget. That's why we do written financial plans to help people be able to recall that and stay in touch with them and remind them sometimes about why things fit into their overall plan.
1: Well, Donna, thank you certainly for writing in. We hope that uh, that answers your question and just highlights the importance of knowing what you're getting into and how having that overall plan can help you to accomplish that goal. Uh, know what you're getting invested in. Work with an advisor who can properly educate you on the subject matter and on your retirement. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen, plan, and thrive with the team from Security First Asset Management. Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith are here with me. We're answering your questions from the mailbag. Always love hearing from our listeners in the area. This next question comes to us from Jerry. Jerry's and Perry. Now, that is funny. You got to see the the rhyme there, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, I digress. But Jerry is in Perry, uh, and he says, I'm 65 and recently had a heart attack. I'm out of work for another week, but then should be back to a normal schedule. We're certainly glad to hear that. My wife seems concerned about my future health, but I still have no plans to retire anytime soon. Can you tell her that I'll be fine and it's normal for people to work past 65? Jerry,
2: uh, I'm glad you're doing well. I've had the experiences in my family, not personally, but with heart attack, it's a very scary thing. But in most cases, people, if they get it uh, called early enough in their life, they can can live um, pretty happy and uh, and healthy moving forward. And I hope that's uh, your case. But uh, it seems like you want to work, and that's okay. Your question is centered around normal for people who work longer than 65. I think so, more so today than ever before. And we find that folks who, who really like their jobs really don't have any desire to leave it. They may leave the company they're at doing the same thing they've done forever, but they may find another employer to work for that they've always longed to work for or an industry they always long to be a part of, and they keep working. And if their health is good enough, that's, that's certainly not a bad thing to do. We need to be involved in something, and uh, being paid for being involved in something certainly not a bad idea. We don't know, Jerry, anything about your retirement income planning needs, but uh, maybe uh, if you're working because you feel like you have to, then it's probably a, a good indication that you probably need to sit down and talk with someone like ourselves and figure out exactly where you are and what you need to do to, to be able to even retire sooner if that's your desire. But uh, working past 65 is certainly not anything out of the ordinary today. As a matter of fact, lots of folks work a lot longer than that. And I personally have friends uh, inside the industry that I'm in as well as outside that are still working in their mid-70s and later. Because they enjoy what they do, and, and that gives them satisfaction. So that's what's important, what's the best thing for you and for your family, and particularly for yourself and your health. Uh, thanks for uh, writing in to us today. I hope this has been beneficial for you.
1: Yes, Jerry, thanks for writing in. Bill, Daniel, what do you do in the situation where, let's say, Jerry had to retire because of his health issues, or let's say in another situation that maybe you've, you know, your company's downsizing or you're getting that pension buyout, what do you do if you're forced to retire earlier than maybe you'd initially thought?
2: Well, that's, you know, especially depending on where you are, your age and what your financial retirement savings look like, that could be detrimental to a lot of folks. And that happens. It happens more frequently than we realize. And it's discouraging, I'm sure, to somebody that's on a retirement path. And then all of a sudden, whether it be health or downsizing, they find themselves on the outside looking in, changes the complete complexity of their whole thought process about retirement. And it may require that they still have to work. So That's why it's important, I believe, and uh, I think Daniel will agree with me, that when you get into your 50s, you really need to start thinking about what your rest of your life looks like. Uh, How long will you work if you're able? How long do you need to work? What does the planning look like for you? Where are the income sources coming from when you decide to retire? In your 50s, that could happen to you today. Downsizing, cutbacks, health issues, and that's why it's important to start sooner, not later. Have a plan in place that can help direct the rest of your life, and a lot of times when when we get to that point and we can see clearly that maybe we can retire sooner than we thought, maybe that's when we pull the trigger and retire and do something different. Whether We may not stop working, but we may stop
3: working where we are. Yeah, it can be really detrimental and shocking to someone if they either have a health issue or if they're laid off earlier than when they're planning to retire. And for the person that has had a financial plan in place since they're in their 40s, an income plan, knowing the target they were getting to, they would probably be a lot better suited, have more peace of mind knowing, okay, well, what am I going to do? Because those types of contingencies are things we try to plan towards. If you started saving earlier, putting money away earlier, hopefully you're going to be in a little bit better shape. But uh, being laid off earlier than you expect is is something we see sometimes, and it may mean having to work a part-time job. Sometimes people have to take temporary distributions from their account to get by, and you want to do that properly. You want to make sure that you're not being overtaxed for the amount of withdrawals you're having to take. But thinking it through, staying calm, but having a plan in place sooner than later is the best way to work through that situation.
2: It helps with the, um, the setback emotionally and, uh, and understanding exactly where you are, helps you direct what you should do next. So we advocate a good
3: plan, the earlier the better. Yeah, of course, part of planning should be, you know, if your, your income is at risk to be reduced because of a health issue, buying short-term or long-term disability if if you're injured. There are ways to insure against having all of your income being cut. So that's part of the planning process as well. Yeah, I guess the important
2: thing to remember is that we have to find a way throughout our life, I mean all phases and stages of our life, to protect our income. We've got to have a way to protect the income, whether it be loss of income using disability or protecting the income once we retire or get in retirement. We have to have plans in place that – give us a very high probability to having the income we need to fit our needs and our lifestyle.
3: Do you have a question like what we've covered on the show today? Don't be afraid to ask us about what's on your mind. There are no dumb questions when it comes to the financial game. After all, you have to learn a little in order to achieve that successful retirement we're all after. If you want to ask a question about your particular situation, here's what we'll do. Give us a call right now and we'll set aside time on the calendar to meet with you for a free consultation of your financial situation. We'll determine how prepared you are to handle retirement pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money. So we'll work just as hard to help you protect and grow it. Let's put together a fact-based approach to answer your financial challenges and achieve your objectives. Give us a call, and we'll work together to get you on the road to financial security and independence.
1: Well, do you still have a lot of questions revolving around your retirement plan? That's probably not a good thing. Get answers to those questions with our financial review. Just dial 800-987-1443. Give us a call. Again, that's 800-987-1443. We'll bring you into our office in Dublin or Macon and review your specific goals, needs, wants, and make sure you get a plan that can accomplish all of those desires. But it all starts with a phone call, and that number is 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. If you get the voicemail, don't worry. A lot of people try to get through each week. Just leave a quick message, and we'll get back with you shortly to set up your complimentary review, just call 800-987-1443, that's 800-987-1443.
0: Fishing is an art, and any fisherman worth his salt knows the proper tools to land a Whopper. You wouldn't take a cane pole to catch a bass, and unless you're just looking for a tranquil day on the boat, you probably wouldn't use shrimp for bait on the lake. The same can be said of your retirement. There are all sorts of financial products out there, and it's important to know which ones are the right fit for you. A random jumble of investments won't do you much good in retirement. Work with an advisor who knows how to fish, who sees the art within. A well-crafted financial plan will go a long way toward making a successful retirement. Make sure you're putting the right tools in your portfolio. Claim your complimentary review today at Security First Asset Management, 800-987-1443. 800-987-1443. No cost, no obligation. Start now. 800-987-1443. In all
5: honesty, planning for retirement shouldn't be that hard. We listen to each other, we make a plan, and you thrive. This is Retirement Income Solutions. Listen. Plan. Thrive.
1: This is Retirement Income Solutions with Bill Danner and Daniel Eastmuth of Security First Asset Management, serving you here in middle Georgia. We're taking your email questions from the mailbag on this hour of the show. We love hearing from you. We've got a question that comes into us from Martha. Martha's in Macon and Martha says, my aunt died recently and left her house and some cash to me. I've never had a desire to buy rental property before, but I'm considering keeping the house as a rental property now that this opportunity has just kind of fallen. In my lap, is that wise, or would I be better off to sell it and invest the proceeds?
2: Well, thanks, Martha. Uh, thanks for taking the time to, to write this about your question and concerns. Having owned myself rental property in the past, I, I can tell you what to expect, and and then you can decide whether that's a path you want to go down. You have to remember that uh, you're now responsible, and more and more than likely the maintenance and the upkeep of the home. You're also gonna be responsible for screening who you who you rent to and then monitoring that and also collecting the rents and making sure that the taxes and insurance is paid and that uh, any of the repairs are done on a timely manner. So you basically just got into the uh, rental business and you are the workhorse to make the thing work. Now, with that said, if that's something you don't mind doing, or if you feel like you can hire that out and still make it profitable, then maybe it's not a bad idea to proceed with that. But there's nothing wrong with owning rental property. You just have to understand what the job is and be determined and decide whether or not that's exactly what you want to do. You may have opportunity in renting it and making a good profit off of it. By the same token, you might be able to, to flip it or sell it and, and generate uh, some good proceeds for your investment moving forward. So it comes down to a business that's that's what it is you're now in a business if that's what you want and you have no issues with it then move forward if not then take the cash and uh, find a suitable investment for it and also it'd be good to understand what this how this piece of rental property fits into your overall retirement plan what kind of income could you generate from it if it was going to be a part or source of an income in your plan or how could you invest the money if you sold the property to enhance your retirement income down the road. So we'd be loved to help you to understand why you should or you shouldn't. sure to your desire and your determination to do what you feel is in your best interest, but somehow if you understood exactly how this property could fit in, in an overall investment retirement income plan, then I think you'd probably be able to make that decision even, even easier.
1: It's certainly true, and we thank you for writing in, Martha. I think I've heard Bill and Daniel as well. It's kind of like uh, one of Newton's laws of motion. You'll wonder where I'm going with the physics lesson here, but what is it they say, objects in motion stay in motion, objects at rest stay at rest? unless entered upon about an outside object. And I think that what I'm getting at with that is that I've heard that if you're retired and you've been in the rental property game and it's something you've been doing and you're used to it, keep doing it. Having said that, if you're retired or about to retire and you're taking it on as a new project, you kind of need to think twice before jumping into this completely new business, really. That's what it is. It's a new business. And you need to think before jumping into it. If you're not cut out to screening people and
2: haggling and... Bothering people because they don't pay their rent on the time. Bother them, I guess, is not the word I want to say, but having to follow up with them constantly if they're not diligent in paying their rents. If you can find the ideal renter, the one that doesn't mind cleaning up and, and taking care of small repairs, and his rent check is there the first of the month, every month, and you don't hear from him, and everything's on cruise control, well, you know, that's not a bad deal. But uh, that's typically not the case. Uh, you're going to have issues. Uh, some of those issues take place on the weekend oh, I walked in the bathroom and it's flooded. The toilet's running over. Well, you know, somebody's going to have to get up and get done and take care of that. So if you don't want to do that, Then you shouldn't be in the rental business.
1: Rhonda writes into us from Kathleen with her question. She says, I need about $5,000 to live on each month in retirement, and my Social Security and pension will total about $5,300. Does this mean I'll be able to leave my entire 401k behind to my son? So, a couple of things there income planning, legacy planning, a lot of different elements to Rhonda's question.
2: There it is. And there's some things that we haven't, we need to address, haven't addressed. Is the $5,000 net? I'm assuming it's net. We don't know that for sure. Uh, is it 5,300 net of taxes for marine income as well? And no, uh, Rhonda, you you will never be able to leave all of your 401k to your sum because you got to take what's called required minimum distributions, and then you take that money and put it aside for him if you want. But you're a, a classic example of, of of a person that needs to see the numbers because over time you're going to have to address taxes and inflation, and, and you indicate you need five thousand now. If your pension is not adjusted for inflation, Social Security is somewhat, but normally it lags behind real inflation, which means over time that 5000 you need will be more, substantially more over 10 to 15 to 20 years, which uh, will probably mean if you're not having cost of living adjustments to your pension and not substantial enough adjustments in your Social Security benefit that you will have to dip into your 401k and create uh, withdrawals uh, systematic withdrawals that meet your income needs so what we're addressing here is what we do we do retirement income planning where we can see those things that will create the need for more income not less income based on taxes and inflation moving forward so you've got a great cushion there rhonda especially if you only need five and you're bringing on 5300 that's a great cushion to start with but you need to address the other things about longevity and taxes and inflation to be able to see it clearly exactly what this looks like not today but what it looks like 5 10 15 20 years down the road and you'll see that you'll probably have to start using some of your monies But you're in better shape than a lot of folks. At least you start down the path with having income streams that are predictable and reliable and sustainable from Social Security and pensions that that meet most of your needs. Therefore, you don't need to take as much risk with your retirement income planning. As far as your 401K is concerned, but you need to know how it's going to have to be used over time, and it will have to, uh, especially if you live 25 or 30 years in retirement.
1: And let's say, too, Rhonda, that you're in good shape financially, especially from an income perspective. Guys, can you speak to the legacy planning portion of that? I know folks have different ways of thinking about whether to leave a legacy and even how to do so.
3: Yeah, I would say with in your particular situation, Rhonda, if your 401K is what you're going to leave to your son... You may want to consider, if you're ever going to be in an income tax bracket, to do small Roth conversions, even if it's just a few thousand dollars a year. Because if you can take some of the money out of the 401k and convert it to a Roth IRA, he would get the money without having to pay income tax on it. Instead of inheriting the 401k, he will have to continue to take the required minimum distributions, and it would be taxable under that situation so it's not an ideal asset to leave is taxable money and inside of tax deferred money to an heir but you know certainly is something that has happened
2: yeah and also the size of the 401k is important too if we're if we're looking ahead and you don't need a you know more than three or four percent of it a year to supplement your income over time the requirement minimum distributions on the sizable uh, 401k will be a great deal more money than you need which creates taxes and could create overall taxes uh, greater than what you're presently experiencing. And by doing uh, some real systematic planning here with the withdrawals and conversions, you might be able to, over time, uh, get a lot of money out of the 401k taxable arena into the uh, Roth IRA arena that, uh, again, will slow down your required minimum distributions but allow your your son to have tax-free assets and legacy planning.
1: Well, thanks again for writing in. I think that just highlights the importance of having a comprehensive retirement plan in place as part of that, an income plan that'll show you exactly what you need to live on in retirement. And then if you are able to leave a legacy, a legacy planning portion of that overall plan, a strategy for how you're going to pass on your wealth from one generation to the next. Thanks again for writing in. We've got a question that comes in to us from Teresa in Dublin. Teresa says, what's your opinion of flipping houses as an investment strategy? Yes, Teresa. I know we've seen a lot of that lately on HGTV, if you're into that like I am. Yeah, Teresa. Everybody that uh, that watches
2: things like that think they can make that happen in their own life, and some of them can, some of them can't. Uh, market conditions are different for real estate all over the country, so don't know much about what the market conditions are for flipping houses here in middle Georgia, but it's a business. So you're gonna tie up cash and uh, and hopefully uh, you'll be able to tie that cash up and wait till you can flip it and uh, get the money back. But uh, it's not a bad investment strategy. It, it might not work uh, in this area as well as it would be somewhere else. And certainly it would uh, be uh, most important for you to consider your other investment monies and how you're investing them. and. And what kind of risk you're taking with them and how how this particular strategy would fit into your overall investment strategy before you would throw a a majority of your eggs in one basket. I'm not saying that's what you intend to do, but you certainly want to make sure you're not overextending yourself uh, with your cash and your investments in in regards to the risk you may be taking. Certainly could be a good investment. But there's a lot of variables you need to consider, not just to drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, from the TV shows because they make it look simple, don't they? They don't, they don't tell us any of the bad stories, though, Daniel. You never hear any of the bad stories. No,
3: they, they keep that off the air.
2: They keep yeah. that off the air. They always tell you the success stories. They don't tell you the grind, the, the one that's sitting over there that's eating, eating them up like an alligator because they, they can't get the cash out of it. So it would be something you would I would think you would have to know the market really well understand exactly what the real estate market is for the price point that you're trying to invest in and and how much you can
3: really realize realistically on a quick sale. Yeah, a lot of it seems to be timing too, you know. If you wait till the tail end of a big run up in the real estate market, you might be hung out dry holding properties that may not move whenever the economy takes a turn if we move into a recession. So you have to be real smart about that as well. Not only that, the tax implications. That's another
2: thing that they don't tell you about on T V is if you hold a piece of real estate for short term and flip it less than a year, then it's all your gains are taxes ordinary income. You don't have no long term capital gains. So there's a lot to think about. Taxes will eat into your profit. So, you know, if you, you want further advice about it, give us a call and let us help you understand how it might fit into your overall investment strategy. And we'd be happy to help you with that.
1: Teresa, thanks for writing in. Happy house flipping if you decide to go that route. And of course, if you have more specific questions, like Bill said, don't hesitate to give the guys a call. Or reach out and get some more specific advice. There is a lot that goes into the real estate game complicated game to play but it can pay off there's just a lot that goes into it so make sure you are ready for it well this question comes to us from mike and macon mike says my father died in his late 60s and my mother died in her early 70s so i'm not planning to have much longevity myself does that mean that i should start social security as early as i can well mike thanks for giving us a, a shout out today with an email question
2: uh, as you are aware, Mike, we we like to answer questions from our listeners throughout the middle Georgia area. I guess it's hard to really kind of determine what how to answer your question. Uh, I know you have concerns that probably you won't live long, but uh, we believe that taking your Social Security benefits should be part of an overall retirement income plan. So we don't know really much more about you, but I, what I would recommend that we have a chat about is uh, how you see Social Security as the income in your overall income plan, and that would dictate when you triggered or not and we don't want you to bet against longevity even though you don't have a history of longevity in your family it also has a lot to do with your lifestyle and, and how well you're taking care of yourself physically but uh, we appreciate the call to be able to really help you solidify a good answer on that we'd have to have a little more detail but it doesn't necessarily mean you should trigger social security just because your parents didn't have a long long
3: lives What do you think about that, Daniel? You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. Certainly, don't just take it uh, as a fact that you're not going to live a long life just because uh, some things have happened in your family. Your personal health history, your diet, exercise habits, all those things should be factored in, especially what Bill mentioned about your income plan, making sure it's part of a comprehensive overall plan. We love getting questions like these on Retirement Income Solutions. It shows us that you're not alone when it comes to figuring out how to properly plan for retirement. A lot of people are in the same boat as you, and that's why we're here, to make the process a little easier. So here's what we'd like to do. We're offering a complimentary financial review to you. When you come in,
2: we'll talk about your retirement income needs, where that income is going to come from, and how you'll outpace inflation, pay as little as possible in taxes, and make sure that you don't outlive your money. We'll make it all easy to understand. Take the first step right now, because for almost everybody, that's the
1: hardest part. If you're ready to get your financial plan in place, give us a call right now. All right, this is your number to call to take advantage of that complimentary review. 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. It all starts with a plan, and Bill and Daniel can help you put together the plan that's best for your specific situation. 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. Well, as always, we've really enjoyed answering your questions today on Retirement Income Solutions. Just a reminder that Bill Danner and Daniel Neesmith are your financial coaches in Middle Georgia at Security First Asset Management. Remember, if you have questions about retirement, we're happy to answer them, and we're standing by after the show throughout the week. Just give us a call at 800-987-1443. That's 800-987-1443. And we're always online at completetheplan.com. That's completetheplan.com. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of Retirement Income Solutions. Tune in again next week for another great show.
0: Securities and advisory services offered through Madison Avenue Securities are registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Security First and Madison Avenue Securities are not affiliated entities.